0: The Before it was as if response was based on fact providing it, deciding if it was to there. Square to it, face to it, it was not there. Fighting, deciding, it was too bad.
1: You're listening to InkStuds on CITR 101.9 FM. My guest today is Drew Wang. Um, his latest book is set to see from fanographics as well as Blar. Um, what was the mini comic? the mini comics. Yeah, yeah, I still count mini comics. <laughs> uh, Bugbear, as well as the web comic, which I couldn't find in my process for this. Was it Pup?
2: Uh, yeah, that should be archived on my site. So. Oh, okay. My
1: my my I Have to
2: keep things online until I'm totally embarrassed of them and then disappear them.
1: And you also did a diary comic for, I guess, about a year back in the early aughts, right?
2: Yeah, well, I did it for a little more than a year, but near the end I started to uh, become very spotty in the posting, so it didn't ever come out to be 365 strips, unfortunately. Which was my big goal
1: but, Oh well Say, It's Diary Comics Yeah You start out strong I think it's the same with everyone and Except for A handful of guys and Right, it's, right It's a and There's a natural lifespan
2: to those things I think, maybe
1: mm-hmm.
2: For most people You know, I'm not gonna if, if, like I still enjoy reading Kachalka Strip and stuff uh, And I hope he keeps it up But uh, I think for most people It's it's a good learning Tool that should be Abandoned once you've squeezed all the juice From it
1: <laughs> I, there was something Interesting you probably knew about this what Was it like five years ago The Was it the Daily Grind The Crown Commission guys where they're doing
2: Oh yeah 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 They were doing um, Years long Daily strips yeah not think it was diary comics, but
1: it was. no it was just every day having to produce a strip and they had this extensive set of rules and I don't know who won. I do remember that it was actually quite a bit shorter than
2: I actually thought it would go. I thought that I thought that there would be a quick tearing down of to just a couple people, which there kind of was and but that it would take a really long time to start eliminating those last couple competitors off
1: well, no, they did two. They did one, and I think, like, maybe, I don't remember, I think it was, like, Ben Woo or someone else that won, and then they did it again, and it kept going for, like, years and years and years. Oh, yeah? It might and still be going on. It might still be going on in some corner somewhere, just two guys <laughs> battling it out, because they actually, like, <laughs> put money into a pot for it, and... Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. I don't know. That Commitment, folks. Like Commitment. Um, sounds like trouble. Yeah, I... You know, good on whoever... Whenever money commit. comes
2: into the equation.
1: <laughs> money and comics just don't mix.
2: <laughs> no, traditionally. No.
1: <laughs> um, but you've been doing comics for quite a while. Um, your journal comic, that was, what, 2003... Yeah, it's like
2: two thousand. I think I started in two thousand two and went to two thousand
1: three. Oh, okay, and then I think. when was PUP?
2: Uh, PUP was n- near the end of the journal comic. I think I was still doing the journal comic when I was doing the early PUP stuff, and then that probably was another year after that too. Oh, okay, it never really went on any kind of regular schedule.
1: Did you when you started out comics? Um, I guess Was web much of a function for you When you started making comics?
2: Uh, When I'm very like yeah. The web didn't even really exist In the general mindset Until I was in high school So I, I was making some Comics then But the internet was so Rudimentary, I mean I'm sure I, I wasn't very savvy about it So I uh it probably was funny of stuff going on on like i don't know news groups and stuff but not that i was aware of
1: mhm maybe rich stevens
2: i i i kind of doubt it i don't know when did he start i have no idea
1: i i yeah a long time ago
2: probably not before. do you think before the year 2000
1: yeah yeah i do think before <laughs> yeah. the year 2000 yeah cuz okay. he was i mean the whole thing about his comic was that it's so Small size-wise Like as far as Oh, yeah The amount of Bandwidth it would take up To download it Right, I right i talking about how that Functioned As far as being able to Sell the comic Or not sell But have people Read it Because you'd have to Worry oh, yeah. about lots of Blah, blah, blah So
2: yeah, Things have changed so much I remember uh, Like one of my Pup strips Has a Has a little disclaimer Built into The actual strip About how It's going to take a while To load it up <laughs> uh, and I can't imagine anything just built out of like JPEGs now being anything anybody would think was too lo- too long, too much. Yeah, it's like maybe maybe a two hour movie. You would need a warning upfront about how long it was going to take.
1: I don't. I remember like someone told me when I first got an internet connection. Oh, you can change your browser so it doesn't open images. It's like yeah. Oh, the early days, kids Yeah We remember these things <laughs> So The last generation that will remember the pre-internet Yep yeah. That and our ColecoVisions <laughs> <laughs> i am been an Atari guy, I know how to ColecoVision uh, Highfalutin <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, the fancy one, the uh, the, uh, what was it, the 2600? The one that was a step up from the earlier version
1: Oh, I can't remember. I could play
2: Galaga until I got bored of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Never actually finish it. Just got bored of it.
2: Well, you know, you got like extra men spread across the bottom of the screen, and you've been playing it for like six hours. You're like, you know, all the patterns.
1: Yeah. Right, right, left, left, right, right, left. <laughs> um. Well, tell you about. How you originally got into comics And wanted to do comics
2: I Well I I feel like I had a number of entry points They they Like I As a kid Um I think every kid kind of like Has this like Comics in their life Just as You know As much as Any other kid And it Just sort of Depends Who sticks with it And who doesn't Cause mm-hmm. I read all the newspaper scripts And Uh Stuff As a kid I was I was really into Garfield I did some Garfield strips Of my own um, Which is funny to me now Uh,
1: I think we all liked Garfield
2: (laughs) If we admit deep down in our heart uh, It wasn't even the Garfield daily strip So much as the uh, side books That I think often were based off of animated specials But they like really opened up the character in the world of Garfield. He would uh, go on a big trip to New York City to find his mom or something and tangle with all these rough street (laughs) characters. And uh, I don't know. Um, And then I I probably got kind of like, I stayed interested in art um, all the way through school, but not so much comics. I kind of got out of them Uh, Until I was in high school I think I mostly was doing uh, Fantasy illustration type stuff Uh, I think I spent a lot of time Drawing out of D&D manuals and stuff So uh, Comics probably was a step up from that In terms of the nerdiness spectrum
1: (laughs) Were you a big gamer?
2: I guess I guess I was, I was a small gamer. Uh, I I liked the aesthetics and the books way more than the actual uh, game playing, which is a weirdly social activity. <laughs> <laughs> so the social the social aspects never really appealed to me. It's it's kind of like gaming is for people who are like can't quite get into the world of theater. So instead, they have characters that they can act out, like just among a small circle of friends.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, might have been might have been too too extroverted for my character. Um, but anyway, <laughs> going on. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess I, I got into comics through the word. I mean, I'm really a. No, he's really showing all my cards here. Uh, yeah, I got into comics due to kind of the worst 90s image stuff, uh, like Spawn. That's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean... They all had to start somewhere. Yeah, I, I I long have, like, maybe in my mid-20s, I felt, uh, like, shame and desire to not reveal that, or, like, an act of, like, uh, personal shame that manifested in, like, like we must destroy superhero comics... But, uh, like, I've long since gotten over that
1: Well, I mean, Uh, it's kind of funny Because, like, a lot of folks don't know The, like, in the 90s It was so antagonistic in a way Just the whole comic book market From, like, this Just two opposing ends of a spectrum Of the muscle-bound steroid monkeys Type (laughs) comics to, you know the Fantagraphics and the drawing Cordleys at that time.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, the battle was a lot more... I mean, what's that saying about how the smaller the stakes, the more intense the battle? Yeah. So I kind of think things have opened out quite a bit, and nobody feels like they have to squabble over that tiny little piece of the pie anymore. I mean, I think the market has finally split enough that... Uh, You know, superhero comics have the same territory they always had And have comic book shops And indie comics have no longer have to just rely on Like trying to get a piece of that same turf They now have like bookstores and online and mini-comics And, you know, all the different ways you can get your comics out into the world
1: Mm -hmm. Well, that's something that you and your wife, Eleanor, have really been active Is the convention circuit, Right Used to be. I, you know, <laughs>
2: I don't think I think we I don't think we did classify either of us as like super active in the convention circuit. Um,
1: I mean, used to Eleanor, be.
2: Eleanor has pretty much given up on conventions at this point. I really have to like. Yeah. I managed to drag her out to like one every two years at this point. I think.
1: But back in the early aughts, you guys did I, a lot more conventions, right?
2: Well, we went to SPX pretty pretty regularly. I think I actually haven't missed an SPX since the year two thousand. Except for the one they canceled mm-hmm. because of nine eleven.
1: <laughs> Not your fault.
2: <laughs> uh, that was actually the genesis for the uh, flute convention that ha- now happens in Athens. But oh, okay. I also haven't I haven't missed one of. The, so maybe I don't know. I don't think of myself as being active in conventions, but I have a couple that I stick with.
1: Maybe I'm just making a presumption.
2: Well, SPX we usually do, like
1: I mm-hmm. said. So. so in the early or in the mid-90s, you're reading Spawn, Youngblood. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, it's kind of a uh, Spawn, and uh, that got me into Cerebus because Cerebus just appeared in a certain issue of Spawn. Number 9. Number 10. Something like that, 9, 10, <laughs> I can't And uh then I read Cerebus for a long while and he not to uh, to, to give Dave his props it was a a pretty pretty inspiring comic for somebody who was getting into indie comics at that time I mean he he would run all those columns on you know the process of making comics and how to print them and uh, he would do feature lots of uh, other like self-published cartoonists in the back page of the Cerebus and so from there I got super into some of those books and decided that like like I totally bought his like evangelical line of like wanting to self-publish so I, uh, I drew about an issue and a half of a comic that I was going to like print up and get distributed uh, but I chickened out fortunately <laughs> I, I probably would have you know Lost my shirt or whatever, whatever mm. small shirt I had to lose back in my high school days. But it probably would not have been a good experience. What Instead, kind of, I decided to go to art school.
1: What kind of comic was it?
2: It was a, um, it was a comic about a high school kid that um, runs away and finds an island, uh, to, like gets fed up with his life and runs away and. Uh, finds an island in the middle of the Atlantic somewhere and lives on it and it turns out that through some loophole in international law that nobody actually owns the island so he proclaims it as a sovereign country and then uh it were there were a lot of wacky things that would happen from there. Fun. What's that? Fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it could have, you know, if I had uh I could draw it all or write it all. Maybe it would have turned out to have been good. It was called a state of Bliss because the kid's last name was Bliss.
1: Oh. Young puns. <laughs> yes. So why did you go to art school? Was it to do comics, or did you have a different thing in mind?
2: Um. Yeah, it was definitely to do comics at that point. I took a year off between... High school and college, uh, thinking that I could, you know, get into the self-publishing game and become a superstar. Uh, so I was working at a restaurant, waiting tables, and living at my folks' house. And I think I just, I think I just chickened out basically, and decided that I didn't know how to draw well enough yet, and. I just wasn't ready to like do it, so I uh, I was I had gone to SCAD on some. They had a uh, comics festival, a, the Comic Arts Forum. They do every year at SCAD, and they will invite like high school juniors and seniors up to it. So I had gone up there a couple times uh, before I graduated high school, and. Uh, it seemed, I think another reason I I was discounting college was just that I I didn't actually my my parents were very uh were very pro college uh they I spent like my entire school years it was formulated around the idea that if my grades were not good enough I would never get into a good college and I think that eventually I I I wasn't getting the best grades in high school so I think I uh just thought well I guess college isn't for me so I think I think they might have instilled an overly high expectation sort of <laughs> expectations about the degree of work it would take to get into college or stay in college and SCAD especially is a very easy college so I actually did much better in SCAD than I ever did in high school or any of my primary schooling
1: well the funny thing about college is you're you know it's kind of you have a bit of ownership when you're there over what you're taking and what you want to do. Where with high school you're kinda dumped into this melting pot. And you kind of just have to like deal with what's there and hope to get through it without boiling down.
2: I think high school I've, I've I've always had a unfortunate character tendency to uh um if I don't do very if I can't do something well, I I don't think well. It's time to double down and really learn how to do it. I think ah screw it and wash my hands of it. Yeah. And if you do that in high school, <laughs> so I, I did well in classes that I had a natural like any kind of natural strength in, but like math and French were the big uh, the big downfall for me. Especially those are both classes that if you. Miss out on some of the foundational stuff You're just
1: screwed yep.
2: For the for the rest of the year
1: Well, do you need it now?
2: No Have I ever used math again since I got out of high school? I mean, no. once in a while Once in a while, I'll be like Oh my god, how do I
1: multiply? Uh. <laughs> and then you grab the calculator
2: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, usually
1: yeah. See kids, you don't need it <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just drop out of high school, kids. It's all bullshit.
1: <laughs> uh oh. Yeah, but I'm
2: <laughs> if Dave Sim had had his way, I think maybe I would have not gone to college.
1: Yeah, but you'd also probably have to a- hate women too. So you know, it's kind of a, of a catch-22 <laughs> there.
2: Yeah, <it's> all <laughs> part of the total package that yeah. you have to believe in.
1: Yeah. No, we love you, Dave Sim. Sometimes. <laughs>
2: You're a good influence yeah. Early and in
1: nice I mean, it, Dave Sims is such an odd character Where you kind of have to have a caveat of Here's what I took from him That's really useful And I think there is yeah. like, It's too bad because there's a lot to really take from him Creatively It's yeah, just it's all mired shame. In this mess that he left
2: Yeah uh, It's uh, a... <laughs> It's it's a sh- yeah. It's a shame that every everything you want to say about him now, you have to include a little like clause that like, that I do not agree with him and is like misogyny.
1: Yeah. Which means you can't talk to him, but that's okay. Maybe
2: maybe when he maybe someday he'll be dead and then maybe things will settle down when he can no longer like.
1: I think he jump up
2: now and then to say something outrageous.
1: I think he's actually been pretty quiet Since uh, he did his big internet Explosion Where he put himself online for a month I think he kind of Slowed down the hate After that Because he got a lot of backlash So I don't know if he's as much As a uh, Steadfast uh, You know Active engagement type thing anymore But let's get back to your comics I think that's more interesting Um uh, the Dave Sim tangent The Dave Sim tangent, I'm sorry folks Uh <laughs> Um Did you start doing your journal comic And web comic while you are in art school Or is that after you were done school It was
2: just after I got out, I think Uh Um Right after I, I uh I spent a long time in art school Kind of floundering around, trying to like Find my style, um I uh, I wasn't sure exactly what I... I still, I I think, don't have a super firm grasp on exactly what kind of comics I want to do. But at that point, I, I super was all over the place. And uh, so after I graduated, I kind of, like, started to find a little bit of a groove and did some mini-comics and started the journal
1: comic. You guys... that's where you met Eleanor, right? Was...
2: Yeah, That's cool she uh,
1: she came to my house
2: to uh, buy comics from me. So it was kind of like a a girlfriend and future wife by delivery.
1: <laughs> I didn't
2: even have to seek her out.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah. You um, but you had a bit of a like a uh, a group there of other folks also in the comics. See.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's interesting to uh. Like SCAD is an interesting school. Um, it has positive aspects and negative aspects. Um, and the cartooning branch has always been kind of a black sheep of the uh, the departments there. So I, uh, we had some good teachers, but uh, for instance, James Sturm was there for his, his tenure at SCAD kind of overlapped my four years of college. So he was nice. definitely a Yeah, yeah, he was a good good role model. Eleanor's uh one of Eleanor's foundational professors was uh Ted Stern. He was there for some of the years when Eleanor was
1: growing. Oh, that's right, I forgot about that. Um yeah. I love Ted. And we had
2: a little group of cartoonists that I think uh Chris Wright, um, I think you've had him on the show before. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I love his and stuff. Inkweed.
2: Yeah, yeah. And he was amazing. Uh but I almost I don't I think he only existed on kind of the like tangent on the like fringes of my awareness until I graduated. Uh Max Plotfelter was another really good cartoonist that uh we met down instead and we started to hang out kinda of like after we graduated, even though we kinda of overlapped in our uh uh like our actual Schooling. I think we didn't have a lot of classes together, and sort of had to like meet each other afterwards.
1: That's funny. He's in uh, Seattle right now, actually producing some pretty amazing mini comics. Yeah, yeah. Another person for folks to check out. Him and his lady, Kelly Fro. Yep, I would ac- recommend both of them. Who actually lived in the same apartment building as me for a while, and I had no idea. And wow. I met her in Seattle I like I think you lived in my building <laughs> It's a funny yeah, small world Yeah see that world.
2: It was kind of like that For us in Savannah It was like Oh yeah You Like I think I Used to see you In the building <laughs> I I didn't weren't, wasn't aware of you Really Although I should have been I just I uh I should have sought out more good cartoonists when I was there. It was a, a really small proportion <laughs> of the overall student uh, or sequential arts body at that time. would have been like good, good cartoonists, I would say.
1: Yeah. No, there's some, some great folks that are there. Um, how did the uh, doing the journal comic um, really kind of entrench your skills making that commitment?
2: Well, I mean, I think it was just a. Uh, it, it, I think I'm a I'm a firm believer in exercises to to build. Uh, I mean, like the old saying of like you having ten thousand bad drawings in you that you need to get out before you start producing good drawings.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think exercises that help you get out some of those bad drawings are are
1: always a, a bonus. What was uh, Describe Pup to me Because I hadn't read it I've read it's Kind of like the You utilize the infinite canvas
2: Yeah um, That was a comic that I, I was uh, It was a, Definitely it was like Kind of an online Existing comic I think it was uh, The genesis of me doing that Was there was this uh, Kind of short-lived uh, Online Indie comics magazine Called Serializer Yeah. Uh, it was Serializer.net, and Tom Hart, and some other, uh, I think Nick Bertazzi had some stuff on there, and uh, some other internet-centric cartoonists all had stuff doing there, and they asked me to do something, so that was, uh, the pup was what I did specifically for Serializer. Um, it, it was always kind of... I think they had an idea idea for Serializer of it being kind of like regular installments of comics and Pup never really uh, formalized itself. Anyway, the actual... Uh, if I was to sum it up in a couple words, it's like two cats and a dog uh, and an aesthetic kind of based off of classic comics. Uh, the dog is Pup and the two cats are Kitzel and Kratzer and uh, they each kind of represented a certain attitude towards life, and they would have very, very small adventures that would uh, kind of bring out or point up some sort of aspect
1: of life, I don't know. Now, this wouldn't translate into into print work because of how you did it, or...? Uh,
2: a couple of them I did do, I think I did one story in mini-comics form because it, roughly I did it in kind of like little square chunks, um, but a couple of them were like huge and sprawly things that you had to kind of follow through your browser um, to, to see, and that, I mean, unless you made a big folding map that about 75% of the surface area was blank space, I think that it couldn't really be done. Uh, In print
1: Was this around the same time that that Failure comic anthology came out?
2: I think the failure thing Was actually quite a bit earlier Oh, okay I want to say I think it was when I was still doing The journal comic But it might have been Slightly before or after (laughs) (laughs) My, My time memory Is terrible
1: that's okay. I I the only way I remember things, even for like work dates, is by looking at my resume. I don't remember when I worked at places and you know. Yeah, that was
2: a. Do you do you have a copy of that, or do you have you just heard about it?
1: I've just heard about it. Or no, failure. I have a copy of. Yeah. No, I actually oh, have a copy of that. <laughs> I think I got it off you guys from your uh, from your website oh, yeah. when I ordered a bunch of mini comics. I was like, I'm gonna get everything <laughs> Yeah, well
2: <laughs> I, I I guess I don't think that's my, my Strongest or that like I said I, I have That was probably still when I was trying to Settle down on how I wanted to draw
1: mm-hmm. Well, when did you decide On your uh, I want to say Bigfoot style Is that okay?
2: Uh, yeah, sure <laughs> I, I, I guess that Is a a good, as good a name for any, and I, I'm still not sure if I've, like, settled on that style exactly, um, but probably, probably through doing Pup, um, and some comics afterwards, I, uh, Pup in the journal comic, I was drawing in brush, I think, and, uh, I, uh, it was never a good fit for me, I always kind of had to fight the brush, uh, to get it to make the kind of lines I wanted, because uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm highly uptight. So the brush is not a good fit for people who are overly neurotic about uh, about their line weight and whatnot. <laughs> so uh, after 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 pup, I think I started using pen, like Kroyal crow crow pen, and started to figure out a little bit more about that doing more cross hatching and stuff which I think was a uh, uh speaking of sim was a the the I think there's a decent amount of saidless slash like sim and gerhard uh, in my current style yeah I was yeah, wondering. i I actually realized I was looking at set to see the big fight scene in the middle and mm-hmm. uh i uh I realized only after like like only recently I was like there's a lot of the fight scene between um Cerebus and oh man, I'm totally spacing that it was the uh the other one of the other aardvark characters oh, the, 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 the matriarch. huge matriarch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The one in uh, space. I was, or the battle in the um yeah in the chamber. A
2: big in the chamber with the reflective floor like what was her name i can't remember uh anyway that was a, I, I,
1: I, I think people should read those issues those are amazing the uh the work that they put into that fight scene yeah like
2: yeah i was reading an interview with gerhard not um where was that was that on the comics journal i think yeah. it was on the comics journal right before they switched formats where he was talking about how, <laughs> Gerhard was talking about how much he regretted um, doing that, like making the, the, he just on a whim decided to make the floor super reflective and, <laughs> in the very first <laughs> panel. <laughs> and then <laughs> he didn't quite realize that the next like three or four issues of some or whatever were going to be the, like these huge fight scenes on this reflective floor where you'd have to like carefully render Everything that was happening uh, in the panel, in the mirror image.
0: Oh my god!
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah reflections are are very tricky. I, he, he's, uh, it's just like that. It's amazing work that he did on that.
1: It's did he was that one of the ones where he set up a model?
2: I'm I not think. sure if that that specific
1: issue was. But. No, it's amazing though just how. That whole fight scene was done And it's like they're turning the camera angles And looking at it from different spots And just the floating blood
2: Yeah, and just the reflective floors I mean, it's it's not just like It's not just a matter of like mirror imaging The image above You know, it's also like the, The perspective you have to take Of like drawing the same figures But from like the higher perspective Uh Getting all that right from like a totally different angle is—I I, having tried to, to do that once or twice—it's just amazingly hard, like doing reflections in water and whatnot.
1: He's an unsung hero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, He's—he's yeah. yeah.
2: yeah, he's very much a like day craftsman guy that doesn't like is totally willing to discuss the like craft aspects, but like is, is he's still pretty humble.
1: Yeah. No, he's uh. I I haven't actually read that interview yet because I couldn't get into the. They were kind of going by like issue by issue, I think, and it just.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I found it really fascinating, but I I think that if you have to be interested in the technical aspects yeah. uh, to really <laughs> find that stuff enthralling, <laughs> which is probably what the uh, uh, probably the same to be said about this current
1: interview.
2: <laughs> so I apologize. <laughs>
1: Oh, I don't agree. Um, set to see you originally posted online. Um, did you? Yeah. Did you know Fantagraphics was going to be publishing it when you started, or did you start? Oh no, posting? no,
2: no. It, it started just as yet another exercise uh, in trying to make myself draw comics, <laughs> where I, I had a, a scheme of that I would. I started with just this random image of like a guy sleeping, and I didn't have any idea from where it would go from there. And I was like, oh, I'll do one of these every day, uh, you know. And I'll just like, like do one panel at exactly the same size, just to sort of like set some random parameters, uh, which can always, you know, which it can be really helpful if you're feeling like overwhelmed to just like kind of set some arbitrary limits on uh, on. You know, the way you're you're like, you know, some rules for your project. Yeah. So it's like, uh, I'll do it at this exact size, which was about a quarter of a piece of paper size. You know, like like digest comics. Is that what okay. it is? that? Or, or maybe maybe the traditional mini comic. Is that like a quarter?
1: quarter oh, I, paper? I I'm the last person to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I've never anyway, actually so I, printed so I, a comic.
2: So I had a, an idea that I could do it as a little like uh like mini comic you know the kind of the kind of comic that's about the size of the palm of your hands
1: okay uh, yeah
2: someday and uh i I was just gonna kind of wing it and uh it, so I started with the sleeping character and didn't know where I was going to go with that, and sort of the next day I was like, well all right, so he's he's in this bar, and I'll kind of vaguely base this off of the bar in Savannah. That I liked. Uh, It was called Moon River, Um, and it was kind of down by the river. So I kind of like had a little encounter with the barkeeper, and then he wandered out. And then I was like, "Well, I guess I'll have him kind of wander down to a to a dockfront area, because in Savannah that bar was pretty close to the riverfront. Mm -hmm. The Savannah River being a big kind of trade, like like docking." post and like you'll see big cargo ships going up and down it. So uh it's kinda where like each each day it became slightly more uh, like the idea of where it was going got a little more firmed up and it became more elaborate. So instead of being something I could do one every day I was it started to take multiple days per panel and then eventually stretched out into years. <laughs> 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 so the whole thing took like about five years to Go from beginning to end. Well, uh, there, were, there were some there were some hiatuses in there, and I was always working on other stuff on the side.
1: Yeah, at the same time, you were inking the Super Secret Science Alliance. Yeah, the Illinois. Secret Science
2: Alliance was, I think in that. I I did a comic for a while for Disney Adventures magazine. Uh, shortly before that got canceled, might have been not a coincidence.
1: <laughs> we'll think better.
2: But, but, yeah, so uh, it was always kind of a side project. Uh, Well, for the first, like, half of its existence, it was a side project. And then in in the last year of that five-year span, I was like, damn it, this is a good thing, and I want to wrap it up. So I sat down and plotted it out from where I was to the end and realized that there would have to be or that in in order to make it a better story, I would have to go back and add and subtract some stuff from near the beginning uh, so the the unfortunate thing about posting online is that everybody gets to like see your your process, which I always like to compare to like sausage making where nobody wants to see what goes into it. <laughs> you just want to get the final product and consume it mm-hmm. uh, so I think that i uh some people got a little mad that I kinda like went back and edited some of the earlier stuff in the story. Because, you know, like it's hard to tell when exactly a thing exists and when you should like call it call it a finished product when the internet is so easy, you know, so yeah. easy to
1: post up a thing. Yeah, there it is, it's done. Oh no it's not.
2: Yeah. You know, so, it's like so you gotta find a fine line like before you get into George Lucas territory. And you're just editing and editing for no good reason. But, you know.
1: And then all of a sudden you have Jar, Jar Binks. And you
2: <laughs> up. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, for the <laughs> second edition of <laughs> I might go in and add some wacky sidekicks.
1: Or maybe just do the story about him as a kid. With the wacky <laughs> sidekicks. Yeah. There we go. That will
2: be Set to C two. Or, or maybe it should be called set three C. Uh oh. although that or maybe set one C? Set one C, yes. Set one C for a prequel. And the sequel would be set three C.
1: Do you ever hear the uh, Patton Oswald thing on uh the Star Wars prequels? No. It's 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 very funny, basically about how uh George Lucas has this idea, Hey you like Boba Fett? Well here's Boba <laughs> Fett as a kid <laughs>
2: Is Boba Fett times a million? <laughs> yeah, well, that's a whole nerdy yeah. branch of territory that I could get into, but I think we'll, would
1: we'll be save. ill-advised. <laughs> um, so, how did you get connected with Fatographics? Did they see it online, or
2: I actually made um, it was r- right around when I was I had finished up doing the plot, like, I plotted it all out to the end and drawn the rest of the story out in thumbnail form, so I, I was like, oh, this seems like as good a time as any to, like, maybe pitch this to some publishers, so I printed out all the pages, and they were kind of, like, they would, like, start it out all in ink, and then there were some pencil patches, and then there were some finished patches, and then there were some more pencil patches, and uh, it, it was a complete story, and then I uh, made it into this, well, actually, I, I say I, Eleanor, <laughs> Very graciously, bound up uh, all the pages into these little hard hardbound books that I uh, I had. Uh, give, I was going to SBX at that point, and I gave one in person to Gary Groff, and then was ex- extremely flattered when he literally called me uh, as like I gave it to him on maybe the last day of the convention, and we were staying the night, and the next morning he. Called me while we were packing the car to go And was like, we want to put this out So So it was very
1: funny That's very nice Um, tell me about the art style That you used for it It's, I guess, a little, uh It feels like there's some Popeye Yeah, there's definitely
2: some Some Seeger, um Some Billy DeBeck, uh a decent dose of Cerebus (laughs) (laughs) like I said um a lot of a lot of different influences a lot of um when I was I spent the like kind of couple years reading a bunch of different nautical books and found some engravings pretty inspiring uh I uh I feel like by the end of that book I knew enough about the anatomy of ships and sailing that I could have possibly started writing a book about sailing. Like n- I don't know anything, but like I was at a starting point where I had like laid a foundation where I wasn't a total moron about it, so there are some like big mistakes in the like ship rigging and stuff in the earlier panels of the of that comic. I can't figure out if that matters or not. This is one of the many, like, OCD things that en- end up tripping me up when I'm drawing comics at the, the research stage. It's like, ah, it'll take place in this castle. Well, I should really do some research about castles. Do I know enough about castles yet? I should look up some, like, how the the doors and stuff worked back then. It's uh, there's a, always a wavery line. Over how much is too much.
1: Just don't put it that much effort and then do a Wizard of Id style three panel <laughs> comic strip. <laughs>
2: I have a, I've wanted for years now, and I, I, I probably shouldn't say it because somebody will uh, steal my idea, but I've wanted to do the last Hagar the Horrible strip. Uh, speaking of terrible newspaper comics that have, some sort of weird fascination, or maybe redeeming qualities, where uh, it's the death of Hagar the horrible, pulled as a Viking scald. Uh, <laughs> like I don't know, maybe maybe it involves his family being killed and him setting out in a longboat. I don't know.
1: Some kind of tragic ending. Yeah.
2: Anyway, that aside.
1: <laughs> Do it. <laughs> The one thing I got the feeling from set to see, it's kind of like a a parable on how the experience makes the work more important or more engaging.
2: I I think I would call it more of a exploration than a prescription. Yeah. Um maybe maybe I I'm trying to send messages to myself even because uh, I'm not an old sea hand Believe it or not
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you do only Uh, have one eye You have a patch eye, right?
2: Oh yeah Yeah. Uh, What's funny is that um, uh, Eleanor and I were kind of simultaneously Working on comics where The main characters had their eyes shot out Because she was doing the Beast Mother Right about the time I was Working on some of the fight panels Actually, maybe she did it first, but I had already kind of done some thumbnails of that fight scene, so if we toyed with having a little business card where it was just close-ups of our main characters getting their eyes shot out, and it would say, Little House Comics, which is our little imprint, uh, we'll shoot your eye out.
1: I don't think that'll get you work. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the uh, the creative relationship that you and Eleanor have, Um, since both of you are amazingly talented cartoonists, just filled with life. So,
2: well, that's nice. Um, Yeah, we're super super entangled in each other's works. Um, Maybe too much so. I don't know. Sometimes I feel. Sometimes I. uh, Sometimes. Sometimes I. I will say to Eleanor, like, I just need to work on this for a while before I show it to anybody, Um, because mostly we're showing each other our work and getting feedback from each other, like, from the very rudimentary stages, Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know, good or ill, that's the way we work, and we sometimes, you know, we'll have arguments, we'll get in huffs and have different ideas about like you know what would be the right way for a person for the, the other to do this comic but just, I mean it, it's it's worked out surprisingly well we 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 have a good rapport I guess I would say we're yeah. our own we're each we're each our our other our counterparts kind of yeah. ideal reader I would say maybe at least that's the way I think about Eleanor the person you would want to like address your book to.
1: Yeah. Do you have any interest in doing um, non-comics work? Like she's doing a lot of amazing paintings. Um
2: I do. Uh She has an amazing capacity to for image making. Um, obviously. Um and she she can she she can just like toss them off like toss off these amazing drawings that i uh, i have to labor over for a, a long time although you know this is perhaps the main fundamental schism <laughs> in our drawing philosophies is, uh i mean not I, I i would love and i i deeply envy uh cartoonists who are are sketchy and loose um you know, we, Eleanor and I both are huge fans of like, you know, Svar, and you know, Trondheim. All the all the French cartoonists, Gustave Blaine. In America, like Richard Thompson, like, like I, I uh, Eddie Campbell. I really love like rough, sketchy comics, uh, but I just like I have so much trouble making myself draw that way. And yep. Eleanor. Has uh, a very kind of Zen philosophy, as as deep, I, I shouldn't use the word Zen in that kind of casually, but like like intuitive, a yeah. very intuitive approach to drawing, and uh, you know she'll do a drawing that's amazing and she'll say ah oh, that's no good and she'll throw it away and it won't like drag her down whereas I'll have to like keep at it until yeah. I suck all the life out of it and just this dead thing on the paper.
1: <laughs> oh, that poor drawing! I'm trying to. I'm trying. Are you Are you getting looser with time? I'm try. I'm
2: tra- I uh. I was. I did a story in uh, the most current issue of Paper Cutter. Mm-hmm. Um, it should more or less hitting bookshelves or whatever comic shop shelves around now. And I, I definitely was trying to do it in a looser style, and it was an incredibly painful experience. <laughs> Uh, and it's just such a light, fun story. Uh, I didn't write it. M.K. Reed wrote it, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, "All right, this is like a light, fun comic. It's in the tradition of like '60s uh, romance comics, uh, and it's supposed, you know, like it's a it's a humor story. So like, just like lighten it, lighten up, and like, let's 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 do this thing. Let's look at like." Some of these French comics and the, the Richard Thompson and stuff, and just sort of like, like loosen up, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a huge game changing project, and it's like my brain and my drawing hands were like, ah! <laughs> the, uh, and I was like, <laughs> it was a sad place, just a sad place. And it took me way longer. than I just totally blew my deadline on it. <laughs> and, like, gummed up the works for everybody else Uh, yeah <laughs> I... Yeah. <laughs> Drawing is it's, it's a very fraught experience for me Which is no good I've got to learn how to change Otherwise the experience will become so unpleasant That I won't even want to do it anymore
1: Yeah, there's a certain balance to have Between doing comics non-stop and
2: I don't it know what happened in high school, I would just like sit and draw all day and not give a shit. Yeah, I I, I know too much. <laughs> I uh, care too much. Like I I want everything to be the Great American Novel or something. I, I still have all these projects that I start that I I get a little bit into the like I'll I'll be like all right this will be a fun one here's the idea and then like I'll be like wow. I could add this and this and this, and the project starts, like, bloating and expanding and, like, taking on too many functions and, like, becoming epic, and then at some point it becomes so unwieldy that I, like, drop it. It's no good.
1: Well, I mean, it's kind of funny, because right now it's an era where you kind of have two different... Well, more than two, but, I mean, there is very obvious where you're talking about there's guys like Eddie Campbell... Who are able to do this, like, really loose, visceral style But it's also the era of, like, the post-Spiegelman Very crafted, meticulous, every part of it's planned out Like a Chester Brown, or a Seth Or, like, a Joe Sacco Where it's like, yeah, it's gonna be Eight years before that person's next book Because everything has to be perfect for it And that's... I know And that's okay
2: I, I know, but like those guys are all really smart. <laughs> <laughs> and they they like keep their heads down and they plot it out, but they plot it out in a very I I don't know. I you can't ever know what goes on in somebody else's head while they're drawing, but
1: you they know, also you get the feeling that
2: they know what they want and they work steadily towards it, even if it takes them years and years, whereas I like thrash around.
1: I, I, I also think that, you know, there's something to be said where they've done their time you know, Seth did Mister X. Chester did Ed the Happy Clown. Um, right. Where these guys worked on doing these comics that aren't part of their grand vision, especially with Seth with with the Mister X stuff. But they still you you do that time. You you kind of work out the beat before yeah. you can really kind of touch it. How exactly you want it to be done? I don't know. Maybe it's all supposition on my part.
2: Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I love all those cartoonists. Uh,
1: what do you, uh, do you have anything in mind that you're working on now that Set to See is out and complete?
2: I'm kind of working on it. Like I said, I have a couple big projects that have maybe, uh, they have uh, gotten a little too, mo- like, they've just gained too much, like, like they've accreted too much mass and gained too much inertia in my mind <laughs> uh, <laughs> like this kid's comic I was wanting to work on um about a kid named a girl named Margot Malou who helps other children deal with their uh monster problems, like if they have a monster under their bed or something in the world of the comics, that would definitely be a real problem. <laughs> <laughs> And, and she would come and negotiate a settlement between the child and the monster. So I, I still hope to work on that. I've, I've done a lot of like prep work. Uh, it's just that last little step of actually like doing finished pages that is. Fast of... golf in between the sketches and the the final page. And I. Have another blar story that I'd like to do that is a little more epic in scope than the earlier blar stories.
1: I love that blar mini comic.
2: <laughs> well, I've got this idea for this like big four-part uh, like adventure that has a lot of different subtextual stuff going on. We'll see if that ever happens. I hope to at least get part of it done for the fluke anthology.
1: That's gonna come out this year. And flukes in the summer. April. It? It's April. April. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. So pretty I've been soon. working on it. Very soon.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I think my favorite thing about the blar is the uh, the die cut cover with the uh, the blood spray. No thanks.
2: Yeah, those are all hand done. <laughs> that must By have uh.
1: killed you. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Eleanor did all of those In exchange, I cut out most of her Beast Mother covers With a pair of scissors we need a We need a die-cutting machine Yeah I don't know if they make them for home
1: usage You guys aren't really doing that many mini-comics many anymore, though, right?
2: Uh, we, we kind of have um, Neither one of us has done a lot of minis for a little bit I think we've been kind of directing all our energies Eleanor's working on a big graphic novel with her mom And i am mm-hmm. got all these projects uh, The Blar thing might eventually take shape in mini-comics form uh, We'll see
1: Unless someone wants to publish it
2: Oh, well, maybe I, I don't mind double-dipping <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's something wonderful about a mini-comic that you just can't Give up in some people, ways.
2: Maybe I'll give people a warning up front that they can wait for the trade if they <laughs> want.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an odd comic in, or odd, odd concept in the world of mini comics. But I guess it happens now.
2: Well, I mean, if you if you really feel compelled to, like like nobody is compelling you to buy the book. If you don't want it, don't buy it. You yep. don't want the minis Don't buy them I don't yeah. know. Don't Maybe I'll just it do it online And for free And then nobody can complain <laughs> I do think Like the internet Has definitely Sucked a lot of Impetus for mini comics uh, Like um, You know Mini comics Were always there As the like You know Traditionally They were the form Of comics That you would like Do cheaply And like Like give them out To lots of people And like You know Like To get feedback and stuff, and the internet is just so much more widespread and immediate that it's definitely like the mini comic has evolved into this weird, like in-between state where it's half disposable. I mean, like probably not even half anymore. Like, like one quarter disposable and three quarters art object.
1: Yeah, the mini comics that have staying power usually there's a good focus on the art object part of it.
2: That's fine. I mean I like that. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think that you know,
2: for all, as scary as it is that the internet is gonna like suck all the money out of any kind of media form, it has resulted in some pretty fantastic books, you know. I, I think that the, the renaissance and book design that you've seen in comics and stuff is due largely to the internet, you know, back those like all those, all those newspaper strip reprints that Fantagraphics and like was doing back, you know, in the 80s and whatnot. Like, you know, they definitely had to like step up their game in terms of production and oh yeah, presentation and stuff.
1: And that's good. F- I like that.
2: good For everybody, maybe yeah. I don't know.
1: And there's something to be said the fact that you publish set to see completely online.
2: Yeah, well, I, uh, I was, I, I talked to Gary about that when, uh, when he first said he wanted to publish it, and I was like, well, because I started this thing online, I would feel kind of weird about uh, all the people who had been reading it saying like, and now buy the book to find the rev- resolution to this cliffhanger. Or <laughs> so, and he thought, and and I, I thought, and I, he can he. He seemed to agree. Uh, who knows what happens in the secret dark heart of Gary Groff? But he seemed <laughs> to agree that it would be like a perfect, perfectly valid marketing like idea to like you know build up some readership online and then like say now buy the book. It yeah, like
1: I was reading yeah. it online and um, definitely got a different experience sort of reading it in the book form. I think it reads a lot
2: better as a book.
1: Yeah, um, the the online thing was just like, oh look, another page that looks yeah, pretty. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah there's definitely it lost all of the like momentum of the story.
1: Yeah. No, it's, so, uh,
2: it's and cross-hatching really looks terrible on screens. Still, uh, someday maybe the resolution will be high enough that it will be comparable to. The what you see on a printed page but currently it just looks gross and grainy
1: yeah it's uh i I'll, I'll be happy to keep stuff in print I'll leave it at that <laughs> yeah yeah i I mean I don't
2: know we'll see yeah. it's a it's a topic that cannot be decided by you or I
1: no um what will happen to print what will happen I don't want to know <laughs> We'll see, I'll just stick around and keep buying yeah. too many books and eventually have to move them and kill myself buying yeah, too many books
2: pictures of your of your library and it's quite impressive it looks like it <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I, I, it, it looks like you have quite a uh, quite a heavy stone around your. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the worst part, Drew? I live on the yeah. fourth floor of a walk-up Oh boy Yeah,
2: you're gonna You're gonna find it really inconvenient to move If you ever have to do so
1: Yeah, movers hated me move again, And that was before I started doing the radio show Oh boy Or when I first started doing the radio show And since then it's just exploded And it's uh, definitely not what it was Four years ago So it's Too many comics uh, um, never, never. <laughs> there we go. I think we're uh, we're at our time here, Drew. All right. Time has flown by. Yeah. Thank you for taking the uh, time to chat with us today. Uh, for folks listening, I've been chatting with Drew Wang. Wang, I'm sorry. Wang. I'm Wang. You had it right.
2: More right at the beginning.
1: I did. Um, That's all right. His book is set to see For photographics as well as The Blar mini comic Bugbear And a whole bunch of more Which you can find at your website which is
2: It's uh, well littlehousecomics.com Is uh, Eleanor and I's kind of Joint mini comics website My website is com. W-E-I-N-G
1: W-E-I-N-G There we go well thank you so much Drew And uh, as always I look forward to seeing whatever it is thank well, you thanks guys so much for see. having me
0: out